You're listening to episode 10 with yours truly, the H2 Duo. Hi, this is Tom Ferguson, VP of Programming for Imagine H2O. This is the podcast that is revolutionizing the way the water industry communicates with the public. It's water in real life with my friends, the H2 Duo, Stephanie Zavala and Ariane Shipley. We're dedicated to sharing stories that demonstrate how communication and collaboration move things forward. If you want to overcome your challenges, then you have to build relationships. Each week, we bring you an inspiring person or resource to give you the tools to curate connections with your customers that create impact. Hey, everybody. We're super excited about this episode. Not only have we reached double digits, uh, the big 10, but we also are proud to announce that today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. All you got to do is just go to audibletrial.com backslash water in real life and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. So go to audible.com slash water in real life to get started today. We're super readers and water nerds. And if you're like Ariane and don't have time to read, it's a great way to listen on your commute or while you're making dinner, or doing all those things. And each one of our um, people that we interview, and also us, we are always recommending books. So it's a great way to get your reading done. But we're excited today because um, it's our first solo, well, I guess episode zero was our first solo show, but this is actually a legit, you know, a whole show versus just why. (laughs) And uh, we wanted to recap for everyone that couldn't be at Catalyst, kind of some of our top moments, takeaways, experiences, things we heard said, and we wanted to share that with um, everyone that couldn't be there and to reminisce with everyone that was. So without further ado, let's get to the show. All right, you guys, so... I'm going to be real here. Arian's already freaking out about not having someone interview. <laughs> um, so all the heavy sighing and breathing, that's, that's what I get to listen to every day three feet away from me when Arian's stressed about something. <laughs> I'm going to take my time and think about an answer to say to that because I love you and you make me... So uncomfortable and put me in the most awkward situations for my own personality. But I am learning. I'm learning. Okay. Are you done? (laughs) I'm learning that in order to get anywhere in life, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Ooh, I like it. So I'm here. As your co-host slash guest, <laughs> and um, we're gonna yeah we're gonna recap catalysts. So okay, so for those of you, this is your first listen. Welcome, and you're like, what is this whole catalyst thing that they're talking about? Um, so catalyst was this amazing partnership between uh, Rogue Water, that is the consulting arm of the H2 Duo, uh, San Antonio Water System, aka Saws and um, the Texas section of the American Waterworks, I was gonna say T-A-W-W-A, but I thought I should say the whole thing, and WEAT, which is the Water Environment Association of Texas, so the Texas um, version of WEF. Um, 
and it began What's WEF? The Water Environment Federation. Okay. <laughs> so, um, this is uh, to quickly go through the story is that apparently for how long did Greg say he's been dreaming about this? About 10 years. So about 10 years Greg Wukash and his education team down there at SAWS have been dreaming this dream of bringing water educators um, from across Texas together to get our tribe all in one place uh, for one event. Um, eh, I went very Israeli for a minute. Um, eh. Uh, but um, <laughs> Because we, you know, we get attracted here and there at, at the major conferences, but we've never really had something that's just for us. And so about six, well, probably about like seven or eight months ago, Greg reached out to us and asked us, while we were still at the city that we worked for, if we'd be interested in partnering to do that. Of course, we said yes. I don't even think he got the question out. And... Um, he asked us, and we said yes, and then we left the city and started this whole rogue water thing, and he said, are you guys still down to do this? And we said yes, and in about six months, uh, we planned the speakers and the content. Saws handled all the incredible logistics of what it takes to have a conference. Um, Lynn Christopher, Angelica, Ethan, Selena, Martha, all of y'all were absolute rock stars to pull that off without a hitch. I mean, unless someone unless someone tells me otherwise, I felt like everything just went completely smoothly and without a problem. But uh, we did it. We pulled off this incredible all-star list of speakers. We had Travis Loop representing WEF uh, from the East Coast. Then we had Megan U. Schneider representing the west coast coming from orange county and we had the george hawkins coming in from i don't know where he's like in a different state every day so i'm not sure where he came from but um <laughs> but we had him roll in and just drop some inspiration bombs on on everyone and we had people from all educators water educators all over the state of texas come and and be with us and we even had a representative of water sense from epa and dc it was just it was an all-out amazing event um everyone every we've gotten incredible feedback on it um but one of the things that we did hear about was one of our attendees laura pratter from the city of mansfield said of all the conferences she's been to that this she felt like the most welcome and the hospitality was just kind of off the chain and that was really meaningful for us because that was the whole reason we brought everyone together was because this was our tribe and we wanted to hang out. So, like, what did you think about the vibe? Like, how did you feel, like, day one when we rolled up Wednesday night at that networking dinner? Well, we, you know, all being um, our own nerds within our own rights and a little awkward naturally, <laughs> um, the first thing you do when you roll up in there is – there is a five o'clock gathering, um, networking, happy hour shindig. And so it really kind of set the tone for, okay, this is a little different. It's not check in, go do your own thing, and we'll, we'll check back in the morning and start fresh. It was like right out the gate, meet everybody, Kind of get that awkward who are you what's your name oh i've heard your name but never seen your face before or you know all of those awkward meet and greet situations 
just over with. Um, and, and actually it was pleasant and fun and lots of um, amazing food and people started to warm up. And the speakers were showing up at the same time as the attendees. And so for a minute, it's like no one really knew who was a speaker and who was an attendee. And so everyone just started talking and getting to know each other. And so when when we rolled up into day two, it was immediately sit next to someone because you just talked to them last night. Um, and it, there, it just wasn't. It didn't have that awkward uncomfortableness. Yeah, there's already some hardcore tribal collaboration going on around those tables. And it was it was amazing that almost three quarters of the people on the registration list showed up for that first night just to hang out. And um, two of the speakers, Jennifer Henderson and Duke Greenhill with JO, which is a marketing agency in Fort Worth that we work with a lot, um, they were two of our speakers, but they came down to the happy hour and it was so fun watching them have fun with all of our water friends, you know, because they, they don't come from that world. They don't come from that background. And just the vibe was just so welcoming and so energized and so exciting that even two people who are, I mean, they're very friendly people. It's not like, you know, it was a stretch <laughs> to, have a, to have a good conversation with them. But just the fact that it was... I felt like that to me gave me a strong sense of just the vibe of collaboration and just being together was that even the outliers or the outsiders didn't feel that way. They felt completely welcomed and I was really excited about that. So the vibe I would say was probably my first big piece of this recap was that it was just a great, it was a great group of people to be around. Um, and true to Greg Wukash, a San Antonio water system, he's their external affairs manager, our mentor. Um, episode three, for those of you that want to go back and listen to all of the Catalyst uh, speakers, um, he kicked off the event on Thursday morning with why. And Greg has Greg has continue to rock our world with the whole but why um, and just challenging you to get there and think deep and, and answer those things and go ahead were you going to say something um, just that you know we, we've said before that Greg is our mentor and that is exactly the reason why he's our mentor because um, dear friend but also a dear mentor because he does challenge you and, and make you think and, and go deep and so that was cool to see him um just immediately but why why are you here yeah yeah, yeah. immediate get punch and in if you don't if at the end of this event you're still wondering that explore that yeah you know and really wonder why you're doing what you're doing and maybe it's time to do something different um and so it was, first of all, the very beginning, we got the sense that this was going to be a different event because Stephanie straight up Oprah'd everybody <laughs> and, you know, welcomed everyone with the signature Oprah shout and energy. Um, but then Greg did gut punch everyone and say, when you're here, think, think, 
think. Think. Yeah, take Get advantage deep. of this time to think. Yeah. And I was super excited when he rolled up the night before with packages of his Insight um, strategic planning booklet that everyone got a copy of. And if it hasn't been cracked open, that is my biggest call to action. I know that a lot of that stuff seems very simple. Um, and I love that in Tom Ferguson's um, talk on, he was the very last speaker on our very last day together. He is the VP of programming for Imagine H2O. And one of the things he talked about was the basics. He was our very first um, podcast guest yeah. also. And he's going to be coming back for episode 11. So we're super excited about that. But um, he really talked about the value and the importance of just nailing the basics and a lot of the thing and what Greg kicked off with with the why the mission your values those are the basics and so if you crack that book open and you're like oh this stuff is so obvious like yes I know all this it doesn't matter just go through the process whether you're one person two person ten people a hundred people whatever the case may be crack that book open and start that process and it will become such a powerful tool for you moving forward and if it seems easy you're not digging deep enough yeah that was something that Greg really honed in um, when when we went through it was okay okay I see your answer but why and it it if it doesn't leave you shaken shooken to the core shooken. or little tear in your eye or little um, lump in your throat like you're not digging quite deep enough. So really challenge yourself and bring someone in. You might be a one-person show. Find someone, bring them in, even if it's an intern or, I don't know, anyone, anyone. And just say, hey, I've come up with this mission for my, my own space in this universe. What do you think about this? And really start putting it out there and seeing what people think and, and you'll start, well, what does that mean? What, what is that for? And once you have to start explaining yourself is when you kind of can find out that, oh, well, maybe I need to explore this a little bit deeper, a little bit more. Yeah, and it was also really exciting to, I mean, Greg will say that none of the things that he say are really his. They're just things that he's read or learned or heard other people say, but we call them Gregisms. And we speak in Gregisms, and so it's an exciting thing for us to know that these Gregisms are now permeating across the state of Texas, and so that people are going to know what it means when they hear someone else say respectfully retire, or the whirlwind, or your scorecard, or hobby horse, which is one of my favorite. So after, after Greg, well, actually Greg sandwiched presentations with... George Hawkins. Yeah. I can't, like, I can't even, y'all. Um, George, I think, was in something like seven states in seven days. It was, like, something insanely crazy, and it was just a miracle that he was able to fit us into his itinerary to come while he visited with Saws. And um, a personal shout-out to his wife yes. for her putting up with that and allowing him to swing through Texas on his way to a wedding of sorts. <laughs> yes. Shout out, Natalie. You are, we can't wait to meet you in real life. Thank you for sharing the hawk with the world. Um, but, yeah, so we had George Hawkins sandwiched between two presentations uh, by Greg Wukash talking about 
the why and tackling the whirlwind. And it was funny because when we were initially talking about speakers. I have to tell, <laughs> I am pouring a glass of wine right now. So if you hear that noise and you're wondering, we're not even going to edit that out. Nope, we're not recording this in a bathroom. This is wine being poured into a shot and Nope, not a shot glass. Into a glass that says sauce and another one that says turnt. And they're very cute glasses. Um, so w initially when we were looking at speaker lineup and I told Greg that I wanted to invite George to speak, you know, Greg was kind of like, well, I don't want you to feel like you have to go full, like, A-lister in order to, like, reel people in. You know, he's George Hawkins. Like, I really want to stay true to, like, the whole, the whole feeling and just of the conference or the summit. And I was like, dude, trust me. Like, there is a – George is king at delivering his message, and there is no one else better to – get this group inspired than by having him deliver it himself and um and he did just that he came in he listened to greg because greg went before him and he delivered this heartfelt genuine call to action for every single person in that room and it was just amazing and i think my favorite quote from it was when he said that you know, water is basically the cornerstone of modern day civilization. So essentially, the future of civilization rests firmly on the shoulders of every educator and communicator in that room because we are um, the responsibility of conveying the value of water and the value of what water providers provide to their communities rests firmly on our shoulders. And to have that validation come from one of our industry's top leaders was an amazing experience for the group of educators in that room. And I can't say enough how, how thankful I am that they got to hear it straight from him. I mean, basically, yeah, what she said. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, um, it was moving, and it's, it's also validating to hear that someone in that position, a, a CEO, a, a GM, a director, someone in that top level um, position not only, you know, gets what you do and understands what you do, but completely and utterly believes in what you're doing. And so it's like, okay, there's going to be hard days and there's going to be days where, you know, a gatekeeper or a resident or a customer is going to be like, you know, shaking you and, and saying, really making you question why the heck are you even in this biz? Um, but that right there is why. And that, you know, he's he's here saying, I got your back. Yeah. You know, and y'all are the best. It really was a special moment for me to have Greg and George in the same room too. And so it was really incredible for me to have one mentor standing at the front of the room speaking and Greg is a hard Greg is hard to impress. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't just like he'll go through a leadership program where everyone else is like, "Oh my gosh, this is like the most amazing thing ever." And Greg's like, "Meh, it's cool." You know? And so he's and really hard to impress. That's because for years he has been actively pouring into his own leadership skills yeah. and stuff like that. And so yeah. 
he's heard all the books, you know, that on a surface level or, you know, beginning level of getting into what it means to be a leader and pouring into yourself like that, professional development. Um, he likes to be challenged and to dig deep. And so, mm-hmm. you know, most leadership programs are, they're trying to meet everyone where they're at. And most people are just kind of just the beginning. beginning. Yeah. And so to be standing in the back of the room with him while George was talking and to hear his reaction and to have him lean over and be like, I feel like I'm at water church. <laughs> that yeah. was a, that was an amazing, that was an amazing experience. Yeah, so. I was in the back with hands in the air like, wow, waterloo you know. <laughs> <laughs> waterloo yeah. yeah. Um, so... My next, my next kind of uh, recap was for at the we. The whole point of Catalyst was to bring educators and communicators together to teach them what we coined as the ABCs of water communication. That being assessment, branding, content, and strategy. And so, every single chunk was either an ABC or an S. And but we ended with tribal collaboration, and that was basically. I wanted the speakers who spoke at Tribal Collaboration to give everyone in that room this feeling of, wow, this is bigger than me. I am a part of not only a larger community in my city, but also across the nation and also across the world because that's the gift that me and Ariane have been given since leaving the city that we worked for. You know, we were actually worried about losing that sense of community and feeling like we were still a part of the water story in that way. And we have been blessed with the opportunities to meet people um, and go to like things like Imagine H2O where we've been made acutely aware that we are still very much a part of the story and, um, and a piece of it. And so we met Travis Loop, well, via Twitter because he got a shout out from the Hawk about the words on water podcast which everyone should check out and um i reached out to him on twitter because we were also thinking about doing a podcast and he reached out and was more than happy to help and then we met him in real life at the utilities management conference and so i was really excited when he agreed to come speak at at uh at catalyst and one of the really cool things that he did at the end of his presentation was he talked about the value of water campaigns survey that they do and how rebuilding America's infrastructure is actually one of the things that everyone can agree on. Like a lot of times the state of the nation feels very divided and very um, like nothing is bipartisan, but he showed us a lot of slides that really showed us that at the end of the day, the majority of Americans are all on board for investing in water infrastructure and now the key is for us to be able to communicate the messages to get that to translate into the resources and the funding and whatnot that the utilities and that the industry need to to move forward. Um, and he gave us some really cool do's and don'ts of ways mm. to um, message to people that were that were done through a polling uh, through a polling service and. Um, some of them were like, do not assume the public has any working knowledge of the water infrastructure. I know that that is, it's hard for us because we are, we live that life every day. And so we just assume that everyone knows what a flocculator is and what coagulation is. And 
and what a trihalomethane is and what a chloramine is. And, and so um, we just have to remember that that's not the case and that we need to start from the very basics of where your water comes from and, um, and go from there. And sometimes just be, uh, you know, you always have to put your legalistic um, spin on things. Um, and so sometimes saying it as simple as water good you know (laughs) your water is good like it's okay or water bad boil it or something you know whatever the case may be like you really good water bad (laughs) yeah I mean mean, you have to get down to the basics and that is you know some of the other things he said was not to point at the low cost of water as a rationale for investment in water infrastructure like hey look it's so cheap who cares if you pay a little more um So he had a couple others, but one of the things that he did say that resonated with customers or across the country was to draw parallels between other kinds of infrastructures, infrastructure that may not be as invisible to them. Like they have, it's easier for them to understand uh, transportation infrastructure and uh, internet and things like that. But, you know, tie yourself into that same message of, um, we're we're also infrastructure. Um, also, we don't talk enough about the aging the aging infrastructure. I mean, it's under the ground. We're aware of it all the time because we're talking about it all the time. But they don't understand the crumbling. Some of us actually put it in, and thirty years later, still have that same infrastructure in the ground. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, shoot, hundreds of years. You know, mm-hmm. like so they they don't they aren't aware of that, and we need to be talking more about the actual the actual aging of it. So it was really, um, it was a really good learning tool for the people in the room to hear about um, that information. So um, we also had, as I said, Duke and Jennifer who were from JO and Duke spoke about branding and writing and Jennifer spoke about social media and um, I really loved in Duke's presentation about writing how he turned it into a very interactive, uh, inter- interactive real-world situation conversation, asking the audience, like, what would you do in this case? What would you do in that case? And using s- um, strategies from script writing and from... Even we even looked at some poetry, like all of these different tactics that writers have in their toolbox to be able to evoke emotion from their audience. And so that was really an incredible experience to have this award-winning writer um, be able to share some of those skills and their lessons with the audience with him. Um, and Jennifer talked about some new apps, you know, one of the things that I liked that she said was that um, nobody is really an expert when it comes to social media because everything is changing so fast, so fast, all the time that there's, you blink and there's a new tool that's coming out of there. Um, one of the tried and trues that she did talk about though was, was Google Analytics and if you don't have access to that, I would highly recommend reaching out to the person in your city who does and asking if you can kind of get a, a regular report on that because it really gives you a true snapshot of what 
your actual demographics are. Like so many of us look around at the people that we spend the majority of our time with and we're like, oh, okay, so everyone in my city is in their mid-30s and has a couple kids and, you know, but that's not, you could be the minority in your community and not even and not even know it in terms of like your age or your behaviors. Um, and Google Analytics can really tell you who's engaging with the content that you have out there. Um, some of the some of the tools that she talked about were uh, Adobe Photoshop Express, Adobe Spark Post, PicLab, Pictograph, Ripple. Those are all things for photo enhancements. And then she also talked about some video enhancing tools such as VideoShop, Quick, Instagram Stories, Boomerang, and Legend. And, and you know how she got the. I thought it was a funny story, but something we don't do enough of. Um, how she got to these, finding these apps. She's like, I looked around, and the interns that I have are, you know, the young, fresh, either in college or about to be out of college, and they're on their phones. And so she just asked, what what apps are you using to take photos and to make videos? And it it gave they gave her you know a whole list of them and that when I when she told us that in the room I heard mumblings myself included of wow I never heard of that never seen that one before where did that come from um and and so it was just like a duh ask your interns ask the people (laughs) who are ask your kids ask your kids at home like the the people who are using this 24-7, 24-7, literally 24-7, um, ask them, what are you doing? How do you make that? How do you create that Snapchat channel or, yes. you know, that filter, whatever, you know, whatever it is. And, and you'll be surprised about how many um, free apps oh, yeah. you're they're using that you can um, implement immediately. Yeah. Um, and then she gave us some really good real-life examples of some – good entities to check out that were kind of doing things well and one of them was Nashville Metro Water Services check out their Instagram page Um, Austin Water had a really good Facebook and Instagram page of course San Antonio's um, Twitter feed is on fleek as well as their as well as their um, Facebook page as well and she also gave a shout out to the Trinity River Vision and the Department of Water Resources for the state of California on Facebook and Instagram. Their Instagram page, they must have like a professional photographer or something because their photography on their Instagram page is amazing. So, And sometimes you may not have a professional on your staff, but you have someone who just really likes to take pictures, who works at that craft. And that is something that you can incorporate and you know come with me you you want to be a better photographer let's go let's go practice you know that is the one advice that our photographer friend said was practice 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 and so if you have anyone remotely interested in that um a camera is nothing a camera doesn't cost anything these days Mm -hmm. like a dslr whatever it is you know we bought a whole package at one point with extra lens and tripods and yada yada and the whole thing was like five hundred dollars and this you know this was a few years ago too so invest in a little bit of 
you know, some equipment if you want to and start just start snapping pictures. Yeah, um, authenticity is really the name of the game. And while in some cases a very highly produced piece of content is what's required for the situation, for your day-to-day, there is no shame in grabbing an iPad or an iPhone or, you know, your DSLR and going out there and shooting it and editing it yourself and just making it work, you know. Fake it till you make it. But um, along the lines of content and staying on the path of video, um, Ryan Beltran spoke about his video. He is the founder of a company called Alequa. He also works closely with Saw's Impact teams, and he is... Episode 5. Yeah. And um, you should check him out on makewater.org or also makewater underscore on Instagram. He's got a lot of great things going there. But he deals with open source technology and makerspaces and... um, electrocoagulation and I had no idea what electrocoagulation was prior to meeting Ryan Beltran but now I feel like I have I definitely don't understand all of the science behind it but I have like a general idea of what it is and it's mainly because of this video that he made about what brought him into the life of water and how he has this new passion and drive to use electrocoagulation as one of the ways to bring clean drinking water to places in the world that can't get it. And Ryan really, um, you know, we, we he was at the jazz bar, and we got to kind of pull him and Lynn Christopher from Saws. That she got up and said a little bit of something about the impacts that, you know, his program and videos and things like that can have um, beyond water, and that was, you know, the life of, of the kids that are involved with these um, programs. And so it was cool to have them on stage and kind of go put them in front of the whole crowd and say, this right here in front of your eyes is true tribal collaboration, is true collaboration, partnership. Um, You know, Ryan is a local filmmaker and it was a hobby and things like that. So it just... It was cool to go, okay, who's my local filmmaker, hobbyist, you know, or what kids from my local college or high school who are in this, you know, for fun or maybe one day want to take it seriously, who can I partner with to create these experiences and videos and things like that? So that was kind of cool to be able to show um, firsthand, like, two people or two partners, two groups come together and to create something way more powerful than ever expected and on that same day this all happened at the at jazz texas which is a jazz bar in the pearl area in san antonio off the riverwalk and i also liked how megan u schneider came in hot and uh greg was like yeah i love that megan came in as like this girl from california who just came in dropped some bombs and was like bye Like, I'm going to say what I'm going to say, and then I'm going to, like, drop a mic and then walk off stage. And Megan had everybody who's ever done a presentation (laughs) ever, like, shifting in their chairs. Mm -hmm. I swear every speaker after that point went back to their hotel or their room or their house, and 
I can't tell you how many of them I stayed up till 2 a.m. redoing my entire presentation because of what one person said because she really just really gut punched us about you know it's the presentation is not for us it's for them and the presentation is you know I don't even know. It was amazing. Yeah. it's uh, It shook us. She talked about brain-based learning and yes. about the idea that adults learn differently than yes. kids do and how really we're all kind of trained in teaching kids, but we don't realize that a lot of the people that we are engaging with are adults and that we need to teach them differently and that death by PowerPoint, you know, PowerPoint isn't the end-all be-all to a presentation. Like, um, I don't know that Ryan, Ryan maybe had like one or two slides, but Ryan's presentation was his video. He taught using the medium with which he is most comfortable. And, and it resonated with us because video evokes emotion. And it was a great way to show how you can use video to explain things that are complicated to explain. And so it was just it's really powerful for her to come in and to teach these lessons and ways to present better and to look at conferences differently and to not feel like we have to continue to do things the way that they've always been done. Um, and so the next day on Friday, we went to the desal plant, the H2 Oaks desalinization plant in San Antonio. And um, we kicked off the morning with Greg talking about respectfully retiring programs that have maybe run their course. They were, they've been in place for 20 years and no one knows the reason why they were initially put into place 20 years ago and they're not really helping you meet your mission anymore. And, um, but doing it out of a place of respect and not just, well, that one's gone. Um, being able to do it with reason and, and with a sense of respect for those, the people who put it in a place and the resources that it took to get it to where it was. And so it was great to kind of kick off the morning with that. And Lynn Christopher talked about their core prog program at SAWS, which is an education program for their teachers that initially began as a program to help them sort of multiply themselves by building these advocates within the teacher community that could then take their work outward as a ripple, if you will. Um, she actually does an incredible job at explaining not only CORE, but IMPACT and several of the other education programs that they have at SAWS. We just released that on episode eight, so you can check that out. But um, I really loved that she made, she brought a tangible aspect to it. You want to talk about the bucket of pebbles? Um, yeah. So... <laughs> So Lynn rolls up into her presentation, and she's got a, a bucket. And I, I kind of had a feeling where she was going with this because um, they talk about pebbles oh, all the time. Yeah. Um, but that was fun to hand out. You know, they're like, it's a rock. It's a stone. And I'm like, nope, it's a pebble. And there's a huge <laughs> difference. And every person got a pebble, and the whole idea is for you to take it home and to be the pebble and to throw that pebble off whatever mountain, whatever <laughs> lake, wherever you are, throw it into a body of water and watch what happens. Um, ripples happen and they get, they spread and they get bigger and, and bigger and when they start to fade, you throw another one in there and it spreads and that's the whole point of you being the pebble and spreading your message or 
your belief or your um, concepts to other people and and maybe it spreads um, and creates more pebbles and ripples um, and maybe it's just through the art the art of whispering um, but it's the whole point of you being a pebble and and getting your message out there and remembering kind of what that what that means to you like your own like your why too and keeping a hold of that like I thought it was cool that Travis went after that Travis Loop went after that and he while he was talking and he was telling his water story and his why and he like pulls his pebble out of his pocket and was like see I got my pebble right here remembering it so mm-hmm. that's was one of the other really cool takeaways of what of Catalyst was that each speaker stories not only resonated with everyone in the room but also with the speakers so mm-hmm. everyone kind of felt like they were part of the conversation um and then Dr. Rudy Thompson who is a professor at the University of North Texas up here in Denton um she her episode dropped on Wednesday and that was episode nine and um she talked about being able to show the impact of your programs whether in dollars or gallons saved we heard her first talk about the impact of the program she helps run or does run she's the director of the environmental education initiative at the city of dallas with dallas water utilities their conservation group and just being able to not only convey gallons saved in terms of we're teaching kids about conservation and that's being multiplied by the impact that's having on their families by kids guilting their parents and doing the right thing um, but also in water savings because she made the point in our interview with her in the podcast that less water coming out of the faucet is also less water going down the drain and so when she calculated out the number of water savings that they had determined based on looking at the the water bills for the people who went through the program they took those billions of gallon gallons and figured out that that savings in water would be equal to closing the central wastewater treatment plant and the bachman drinking water plant in dallas for 125 days per 10 years or basically 12.5 days per year and that equated to a total cost savings of like over 31 million dollars over 10 years so it was really amazing for her to give the people in the room the tools that was necessary to really measure the impact of what they're doing every day. That is something that I wish that we discovered while we were um, at our cities, because that was that's always the hardest or one of the biggest challenges as um, a, an educator is how do you qualify or quantify um, the efforts that you're actually making and. When you get into the communication, PR, marketing side of it, um, those formulas are out there. Um, still didn't realize that until, you know, we went through our own trainings and certifications and stuff through that. But, you know, those things are out there in the marketing PR world, and you can quantify how much you know money you're saving or 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 getting um for ads or you know earned media pr and things like for pr and stuff but 
when education, it's it's just almost it's say, it seemed nearly impossible to quantify that, and she not only dropped bombs on how how to do it, um, how simple it can be, and not just for um, gallons saved, but I mean she did everything from quantifying numbers and but qualitative assessments too. Um, so really evaluating the quality of the work that you're doing um, and how impactful it can be. So it's really hard to accurately convey the vibe and the lessons learned of those, I don't know, 48 hours that we got to spend with each other. But the feeling was one of positivity and one, you know, we had several people tell us that they felt re-energized afterwards which was basically the whole I mean really yes we wanted you to learn a lot yes we wanted you to take things back and put them into action but above all else we really wanted to pour back into all of the educators across the state of Texas and let them know that they're a part of a larger tribe they're not alone and that there is a lot of people out there who who value what they do on a daily basis um, and I can't enough like parting words I can't stress enough the importance of starting from within we need to use that insight book get your mission your values your why firmly in place and you will if you live them and breathe them every single day you will be amazed not only by how how much that helps you in your day-to-day -day, but how contagious that is yes that's uh, very important um, how when you start to focus on you and you may not change you may not be able to change anything in your organization in your department you might feel that you are so you know behind so much red tape but there is something that you can change and that is yourself and I am living proof of that um, you can change every day I'm gonna come to work and do this and I'm gonna invest this much time or energy into myself. And you know, when you start to do that, you become, people start noticing, because you've changed. When you decide you're going to make a difference, you're going to change your behavior, you're gonna change your outlook on life. I mean, I was praying for a different job. <laughs> and I realized when I started, when I said, okay, I'm gonna accept where I'm at, and I'm going to figure out how I can make this the best day every day. And when you intentionally start to do that, you change. And when you change, people take notice. And when they take notice, something stirs inside of them. And then right there is you being a pebble and tossing it into a body of water. And we'll have um, in our show notes here, um, some list of some books that they've recommended the speakers and all you know some that we've read and uh, it's not just about reading them it's literally applying them to your life and it's not a whole lot it's little pieces of it at a time because it can be very overwhelming um, but yeah we'll have like a list of some books and resources that can get people just started yeah um, and it's all don't don't um, 
overlook the simplicity of it. Yes. I mean, you're going to look at some of this stuff and say, this is so simple, I don't even know, like, why this would even make a big difference. And I can't explain why, and I can't explain how. I just know that we are living uh, case studies of, of them. And so... I wholeheartedly, from the bottom of my heart, hope that you take home those messages, beginning with why, beginning with um, what Greg and George kicked off the whole morning of Catalyst is, and or the whole morning of Catalyst, and just do it, write it down, and put it somewhere you see it every day. And don't think that like, oh, strategic plan, ew, that means I have to write like this 100-page document. No. Write something that resonates with you and that you can live every day and that you know that you can implement. Mm -hmm. our, I think our strategic plan was 12 pages long and it was in a PowerPoint. Google a one-page business plan. Yeah. Google that. And that has all the basics that you need for your own self. Yeah. Traction is actually a book that was recommended to us by our banker. <laughs> um, uh, Lucas Sawyer from Worthington National Bank shout out best banker in the world and I was like I mean if somebody especially somebody who I trust and respect recommends a book to me I think I went home well he gave us the book actually and I read it and Traction if you google that book they have some free resources online and one of them is the, the vision outline and it's a one or two pager and it's super simple like keep it simple don't let the prospect of doing something hard and complicated scare you it's simple and writing it down is going to be incredibly powerful but that's all we have time for today that was a bit longer than we thought um but we had so much to say and had such a good time again i want to thank you to saws to everyone at team saws that helped us to TAWWA and wheat for helping us promote the program um to yes thank you to all of them and make sure you check out our show notes we're gonna have a bunch of resources in there if you are a member of catalyst please make sure to check out any of the emails that we send because we've got some great information in there as well well i'll say this um <laughs> we did actually get both days recorded and so our goal next is to and maybe not when this goes live exactly but um within the next few weeks or so there's going to be an opportunity for you to kind of get your own at least audio version of catalyst and we'll uh, be in touch when that we'll let everyone know when that when that drops but that is something to look forward to um, it's an opportunity to kind of be there as best as you as best as you can without being there and meeting the tribe but there's always next year there is it was requested and shall be delivered um so please check out our show notes the h2duo.com backslash water in real life i think it's forwards is it back forward, forward? i don't know forward. i think I like it's, it's back because it's like leaning back well, like lean, lean back lean it's forward not, lean it's yes it's backslash it's the slash where the question mark is okay um, the h2do.com backslash water in real life please nope it's not forward <laughs> it's leaning back dude I feel like it's leaning forward in the <laughs> like in the scheme of the sentence oh my god just oh, google maybe. it oh maybe yes 
Okay. Ding, 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 ding. All right. So go to the a2do.com backslash water in real life. Um, check us out on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore h2duo. Please give us some feedback. And please, please, please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Rate and review us. We are trying to get the only duo run show about water on the iTunes homepage. So help us out with that. That's a call to action. And until the next time, remember what one of our favorite quotes says, those who tell the stories rule the world. Here's my last story. It's forward slash. That is not forward slash. Forward slash. Lean forward. Yeah.